second scripture reading this morning. This is from the book of Romans, and it is, of course, one of Paul's early letters to his church. From chapter 13, beginning with verse 8. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. May God continue to bless our understanding of this sacred text. Will you pray with me? O gracious and loving God, may the meditations of all our hearts and minds and souls be pleasing unto you this day and forevermore. Amen. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? But it's simply not. In fact, it's hard. It's seemingly impossible. It's why we need to keep hearing the message. It's why, as Paul says, we keep needing a wake-up call. Owe no one anything except to love one another. All of the commandments are summed up in this. Love your neighbor. We know, of course, this kind of love is not a feeling. It is an action. It is other-directed, not self-pleasing. When Paul reminds us to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, he is reminding us to follow Christ's teachings and follow his call to be his disciples. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? But it's simply not. Well, this passage reminded me of an email that I received from one of you earlier this summer. You wrote asking how to respond to a friend who was quoting scripture to justify her support for some of our governmental leaders, because as her friend was suggesting, we are required by the law of scripture to honor our authorities, regardless of their actions or ethics. Well, the scripture passage that her friend was quoting was this. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. Well, her friend went on to say that following our leaders, regardless of their actions, is required of God-fearing, believing Christians. Ironically, this scripture passage that she quoted was from the very same chapter of Romans that we just read. The verse that she quoted was thir chapter 13, 1 through 3. The verse we read was Romans 13, 8 through 14. The fact that these verses are all contained within the very same chapter 
It's one of the reasons I so often wrestle with the words of its author, Paul. But even with that said, if the one who quoted the first lines of Romans chapter 13 had only gone on to quote verses 8 through 14, it would have turned the discussion, wouldn't it? For even as Paul says, just as Jesus teaches, no other commandment, no other law is more important than to love your neighbor. Love does no wrong to neighbor. Love is the fulfilling of the law. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? But it's simply not. Well, one of the great saints of the church knew that it wasn't simple. Perhaps you know the story of St. Augustine. Before he was a saint, he was simply a sinner. A sinner on a grand scale, in fact. He was particularly susceptible to the sins of the flesh with a particularly active libido. As a young man, he was characterized by, quote, loose living and a search for answers to life's basic questions. But he was struggling mightily to find a better way. And so in the year 386, he finds himself in a garden in Milan. A translation of this moment goes like this. I was weeping with agonizing anguish in my heart. And then I heard a voice from next door, a little boy or girl, I don't know which, was incessantly and insistently chanting, pick it up, read it, pick it up, read it. Realizing that this song might be a command from God to open and read the scriptures, he located a Bible, picked it up and opened it, and read the first passage he saw. Yes, it was this passage from Romans, in particular verses 13 through 14. Not in carousing and drunkenness, not in excess and lust, not in quarreling and jealousy. Rather, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. Now for Augustine, he really needed to hear these words. But for Paul, flesh represents all the devices and desires by which we try to fortify ourselves, not with Jesus, but against Jesus and our neighbor. Make no provision for the flesh means, by God's grace, turn from your self-absorption. In other words, love your neighbor. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? But it's not. But by God's grace, turn from your self-absorption. Well, perhaps it is this turning that we need to pay attention to. We heard it in Psalm 119, turn my heart to your decrees and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at vanities. Give me life in your ways. Turn away the disgrace that I dread, for your ordinances are good. When we are struggling to love someone, especially those that we find difficult or disagreeable, Perhaps the first thing we can do is turn in the direction of love. As one of my favorite author writes, pray for love. Pray that your neighbor knows love. Pray that you know love. For love heals. Only love heals. Pray for love for them. At the very least, do not curse them. For as Paul also says, bless, don't curse. Cursed people don't get better. Pray for love for the unlovable. Pray that they know love and pray that you know love. For as one theologian reflects, 
In praying for others, we learn really and truly to love them. As we approach God on their behalf, we carry the thought of them into the very being of eternal love. And so we learn to love whatever we take with us there. If we are finding it hard to love, let us at least turn in that direction in prayer. Well, Paul also reminds us that God's power is sometimes made perfect in our weakness. So when we're feeling weak about trying to love, call on God's power. For as Paul also said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So put on Christ and tap into that source of love. And as a very wise man wrote, when you still fail to love, still fail to move in the direction of love, which you probably will, turn toward the table. It is at Christ's table where we confess our sins, acknowledge our failings yet again. This is why Jesus is called our Savior. We need to be saved, rescued, recovered, restored endlessly, or we're otherwise lost or imprisoned or drowning in life. For God knows, Jesus knows, we are a work in progress. Above all else, love your neighbor. Owe no one anything except to love one another. This is the fulfillment of the law. It sounds so simple, and for God it is, but for us it simply is not. And so we turn our eyes and our hearts and our souls to God, and we turn to this table again and again to be saved, rescued, recovered, and restored endlessly. And then we simply go out into the world to try again, putting on the eternal love of Christ as we go. May it be so.